Welcome to the Imperfectly Perfect Campaign, sharing real-life stories from real people to unite them in global change for the face of mental health. We will also reduce the stigma, creating communication, healing, and awareness to save lives and inspire. Join us weekly as we talk to some of the highly acclaimed faces, influencers, experts, and others who have been through extreme adversity. So today joining me in the studio is Mel Grieg and Julie Snook. And as you've seen from the post that we put on the campaign, we're going to be talking about endometriosis today. Both ambassadors for endometriosis Australia. Bravo for saying endometriosis. Yeah, correctly. Thank you. I know, I know. So... I'm going to be a bit blase, I don't know much about it, so what we're going to talk about today is just find out a little bit of symptoms and everything. So I'm going to read the definition, what is endometriosis from the Australia website. It's a common disease in which the tissue that is similar to the lining of the womb grows outside but in other parts of the body. More than 730,000, 10% of Australian women suffer with endometriosis at some point in their life, with the disease often starting in teenagers. Yeah, sounds good, doesn't it? It does. It's hard to visualise though when you hear the definition. So I normally say it actually is a condition that causes a crap load of pain. You've got big balls and little balls growing on things and sticking together. And it's just a disaster zone in there. I like to think of it as a web. So at what age did you did you get diagnosed or did you go through many years suffering without knowing what actually it was? Because it's a silent illness, isn't it? Yeah. I have been doing the research on it and looking well, into thank it. You. So <laughs> Well, it does take seven to twelve years to diagnose. So right. I, I was sixteen when I started having pain and Back then, not that I'm old, but uh, they didn't know what it was. They, they had no idea. Yeah, exactly. I think uh, as a teenager, I always had quite severe pain and didn't understand. presumed it was normal. Mm. Yeah. So I was diagnosed when I was about 19. And at the time, I was living in regional New South Wales. Mm. And it was just backwards and forwards to doctors all the time, just trying to convince them that something wasn't right. Right. And it's no, I'm not being a hypochondriac. No, You're not crazy. I'm not crazy. No, it's not IBS. No, I'm not pregnant. It's all these different things that you're trying to justify. And then finally, I heard the word endometriosis, which I did not have a clue what it was. Yeah. I'd never heard of it before. Mm. And neither had anyone in my world. Well, my mum had it, but she was told it was chocolate cysts yes. back then. So she had no idea what endometriosis was, even though she had it, right. and that it can be genetically passed on yeah. to your daughters. So, I mean, that's why you think, what, was that 15 years yeah, ago? 15, 15 years and where ago. we've come now. We've still got a long way to go. We still have no cure. It's yeah. affecting one in 10 women. And, you know, I'm... I would absolutely put that ratio higher than yeah. 1 in 10. It's just that it takes so long to diagnose. Yeah. So I think in the last, I would say, five or so years, it's probably even less. It started to gain more momentum. Yes. Organisations like Endometriosis Australia, people are starting to talk about it more. And yeah. Other people coming on board, um, I suppose, such as us, to talk about it. Yeah. It's becoming much more common. And yeah. I can't tell you since we did the shoot how many people have reached out to me, people that I have known 
for 10 years. Wow. wow. Called me up and said, I had no idea. Wow. My partner actually suffers from this. I've just learned about it. She's just gone through surgery. I'm so sorry that I didn't know. Wow. And I've had a lot of men approach me too. That's so good. Which is fantastic. And yeah. I mean, I've always had wonderful support, male support and family and friends. But I've had colleagues stop me and say, hey, I'm really sorry to hear. Um, but I think what you're doing is really good. And I think we should keep talking about it. It's something we need to keep talking about. Yeah. So it's been quite amazing. See, that's incredible though. But for some women, they don't get the same response from men. So right. I remember I was working in a big media job and my male boss said, just go take a Panadol. You'll be fine. I've had not one, but two guys ask me if they can catch my endometriosis. It's like it's some kind of STI. So, <laughs> do you take it out of me? Yeah. You're welcome to have it. Wow. So there's still a lot of education, but to hear you guys start the conversation is such a big thing because I'm telling you now, every man watching this knows someone with endometriosis, whether it's a work colleague, um, your your mate's girlfriend or sister, you know someone with endo. So if it starts in the early teenage years, what are the signs and symptoms that you guys actually went through yourself? If there's somebody out there watching this going, oh, I might have that and I might go and see a doctor. Well, bad period pain isn't normal. That's the biggest thing. People think that you're meant to have. I mean, you're meant to have a little bit of mild discomfort, but pain that makes you curl up in a ball on the floor or makes you miss activities or not be able to go to school is not normal. That is the biggest sign of having endometriosis. Yeah, I remember having tight, severe pain and, and physically sick, being physically sick, blacking out, not being able to move. That's why I think, you know, people were like, it's all in your head, you know, you're being a bit dramatic. And it, it took so long to get to that stage of actually this is a thing, this yeah. is a real yeah. condition. Yeah. Um, but you do, you live with it for so long. I had one of my good friends from high school, her mum, apparently her entire adult life had had endometriosis but didn't realise because she was from that generation of, yeah. you know, just soldier on. Yeah. And, and she did that and it wasn't until after she'd had kids and the grandkids had started to come, I think she eventually ended up having a hysterectomy and they went in and they said, you are covered, absolutely covered in endometriosis. Right. And she said, oh, I just always thought that pain was normal. Yeah, and it's not. No, and that's what people need to understand. There's a few other um, telltale signs as well. I know for me, I had extreme pain during sex. I mean, this is an adult podcast, so I'm allowed to talk about sex <laughs> because it's normal. We do yeah. it as adults. And for me, I'm like, wow, that's... That's not normal. Why does that hurt so much? And when I went to go to the toilet um, to do number twos, it was like someone was dragging a knife through my bowel. I'm like, that's not normal either. And for me, it was the the pain, the bowel, and the pain during sex. And I was diagnosed based on that without having surgery. But she diagnosed me at 23, put me on the contraceptive pill and said, this will fix it, love, you'll be fine. And it masked it, but the endo kept growing. So I didn't have my first major surgery until I was 30. Wow. Even though I'd have been experiencing all this pain from the age of 16. So you going through that pain all the way through? Yeah. And on a scale of 1 to 10, for people who don't know out there, how painful is it? 20. Wow. I've had... It's, it's excruciating. Some people say it's like, and I don't have children, yep. but say it is like going through labour. You know, that pain where you yeah. are doubled over, you can't move, you, you sort of, you can't get comfortable, you're constantly, yeah. you know, baths, heat packs, back rubs, painkillers, anything you can take yeah. to get rid of this pain. Yeah. Um, I've had someone describe it that way too. You can't really, I don't think you can describe it. Yeah. It's something that varies. It's always very yeah. different. And you can't, 
it's very hard to put into words the why find DNA. Yeah. How to explain it to someone? I normally talk about the, like I said at the start, the barbed wire and the stabbing. I remember being on the way to a football game and every step I was taking, it literally felt it was such a sharp pain that someone was stabbing me in the ovary. And I buckled over and had to sit in the middle of the street. My partner was mortified. What are you doing? Why do you have to always be so dramatic? I could have warned you. Can this be a daily thing? Yeah, for some women, yeah. It's normally around your cycle. I normally have, um, so I stay on a contraceptive pill even though I can't get pregnant naturally to to mask it. I'm four years overdue for surgery. But they're worried next time I go in for surgery I could lose an ovary or or have a hysterectomy. And I still don't know if I want to try and have a child. Mm -hmm. So... It, it is a lot to take in when you get to this age. Yeah. I remember being 19 and 20 and the future Julie didn't seem like it was something to worry about. Yeah. And you just sort of soldier on and get on with it. And your body it can also handle more, I think, when you're younger. Yeah. And we're not old by any stretch, but we are in our 30s. We're at that yeah. stage where you know family is something to consider. And the closer you get to that, the, the enormity of the situation yeah. is a bit harder. Yeah. And you don't bounce back like you once used to. I don't bounce yeah. back from surgery the way I used to. Yeah. Um, I don't respond to things as well as I used to. I find um, emotionally and mentally it's much more draining and, and there is more to contemplate than the one it was 10 years ago. So it, it affects so much of your life. In friends, family, work. Mm-hmm. Work is one thing I've noticed in the last few years. I've had to really sort of pull back on and... Yeah. and uh, there are days you just can't get out of bed and yeah. I'm fairly open with it at work now because yeah. I, I pulled aside a couple of my bosses and said, look, you need to know what's going on. Yeah. I'm not phoning this in. There's actually something going on and there are really days where I can't. I just can't. And it's so good that you're honest about that because a lot of women, and I know I'm one of them, I'll just call up the gastro or yeah. a migraine because it's too hard to try and explain to them what's going on and they think you're just having a bad period day. Yeah. And that's just not what it's like. And I was doing breakfast radio in Wollongong and they didn't understand why I called in sick um, right before work. And that's because when you're lying down all night, you're quite settled. But if you get up and start walking around, it can yeah. very quickly get inflamed. And that's what was happening to me. You know, I, I did some of the radio shows lying on the floor with the microphone facing down. Uh, and if I wasn't doing that, I'd be in bed or going to the emergency room for morphine because that's the only thing that was going to get me through. So drawing towards the campaign and it being about mental health, with endometriosis, with it being a silent illness, how much does it affect your mental health? So much. There are so many sufferers that are struggling yeah. with their mental health because you're told you're crazy, you're told you're dramatic, yeah. and a lot of the time these women, they know something's happening to them, but if they're not diagnosed, they don't know. Yeah. So you have all these thoughts and you're like, I just want to know what I've got, I just want to get better, yeah. I just want people to understand. Yeah. And that's the thing, having people understand. Because it's one thing to know you've got it, mm. it's one thing for your loved ones to know you've got it, but even they don't understand a lot of the time. You know, yeah. Partners, I mean, my partner is a saint, he yeah. gets me through everything. But it is hard to explain to people, and that's why I've only, now I'm only talking the last couple of years, been quite open yeah. about it at work, in the workplace, because I've had surgeries and I've had significant time off, and I needed to be open so people understood that this is affecting my yep. entire life. I've been yep. away for weekends with friends that I've organised with a great group of friends. I've been so excited, get there and I can't get out of bed. Mm-hmm. I'm in bed for the entire weekend. I miss the whole thing. Right. You know, family events, 
um, just anything, anything social, I couldn't even tell you the things I've had to cancel because it just... And if you don't have a good friendship circle, you lose friends. Yeah, because they just put you in the two hard parts. The same with relationships, if they're not willing to understand, they'll cut you loose, which is the other thing that causes a lot of mental health issues. You feel, you feel alone. You yeah. really feel alone. We're good now because we've created this incredible community of endometriosis sufferers, the endo sisters. We've got each other's backs, we're very supportive of each other, and it's one of those great networks where we actually hold each other up yeah. and we listen to each other's stories and we try and just pass on that love and support. That's only something I've only just really got into, so yeah. to speak, and I've only just since, well, you guys, you both reached out to me. Um, the last couple of months is yeah. talk about having endometriosis. I never really had it before because I figured it was just my situation and that's what yeah. it is. Um, but since doing that, I have been overwhelmed, I just so overwhelmed with the support from people, people yeah. I've never met, people I don't know, and people want to help. And I've actually found it to be quite therapeutic yeah. to talk about it, to write about it, to do things like this because. As I keep saying, I'm trying to find the silver lining in my dark cloud. I'm trying to find yeah. a positive in what has been something that's been quite crippling. Yeah. So if we can talk about it and have strangers on the street approach and go, thank you so much, I'm, you know, I'm not crazy, I am yeah. normal, yeah. this isn't, you know, this is okay, yeah. I think that is so, so important. And that's just silver lining. Like, we have a platform where we can make a difference. Yeah. Yeah. Look at us sitting on this couch doing it now. You've given us this platform where we do have profiles in the media, so we're able to utilise that. And that's the positive, even though it's not, in a sense, going to help you you physically, but mentally you are making a difference in other people's lives. And, and that's... And it's good to talk about It's good to yeah. talk about it. My partner, I think he's sitting at home going, thank God, thank God she's found <laughs> someone else because yeah. he's one of these people that likes to talk whereas I bottle it up. And I right. you know, a lot of the time I don't even tell my friends and family. I just I keep it really close. Yeah. And So did it in involved circumstances did your family know you was going through it or you kept it to yourself as well? Like do a lot of women keep it to themselves? Because it's too hard to explain. I think in your family, no, you kind of talk about it in yeah. your family. But um, yeah, it took me a while to explain to people. But you, you get to a point where you have to because you cancel too many things, or right. you yeah. can't go to work, and you just get to a point where you have to. Yeah, it was initially my, even my family. I had an auntie who did have endometriosis, so she understood. Um, I have, you know, second cousins that have had it terribly. My mum didn't have it, so she didn't quite understand it initially. But you know, they're the ones that are there along the way. They're the ones that are taking you to hospital, picking you up. You know, I can call my mum in the middle of the night, sobbing on the phone. Mm -hmm. So they're the ones that are there. Right. Friends, um, again, I have a fantastic support network. They are so kind and so wonderful. And you know, I can't tell you the amount of times there's been phone calls. Do you have? Does anyone have anything that can get me through the night? I'm I don't want to go to the ED tonight. Yeah. Anyone got anything? I'm and all out. That's the reality. Like it's truly. It was a couple of nights ago we did it. It was a. My partner was calling around, mate, saying, "Does anyone have anything that can get us through the night?" We two weeks ago we were in the ED and we don't want to go back. Yeah. You know, just to get us through. And people rally. <laughs> like yeah. it's quite amazing. See, and that's incredible. You've got that support network because some women go to the emergency department and you ask for morphine and they just think you're a junkie. They can't see your illness. The amount of times women have said, 
They make me feel like a junkie when I go to the emergency department. And even Sophie Munger, she shared her story. She was calling an ambulance once a month and they couldn't work out what was wrong with her and they started to go, mm, what's going on here? And she was so embarrassed by it. She had no idea she had endometriosis either. Yeah. So all she knew was she was in that much pain she had to go So she got diagnosed later in life as well? Yeah, just wow. three months ago. Yeah. Wow. So it's this real battle in your mind. Because yeah. you question what is normal, yeah. and you question what's right, and you question, am I actually, and the amount of times I've actually said, yeah. is this in my head? Yeah. Am I actually, is this in my head? Am I going crazy? Because you can't believe that it's happening again. You can't yeah. believe that you're going through it again. You yeah. feel like a broken record. Mm. So mentally, mm. it's draining. So do you think that you have to, when you get diagnosed, do you have to go to a specialist or a general GP? Because I know sometimes you go to a general GP and they do blood tests and they do whatever, they don't go in depth. Look, so do you have to go to a specialist? Yeah, you do need to go to a specialist yeah. and I'll try and speak very kindly of GPs. It's not all of them, yeah. but they're not trained in the condition, it's some so, of them. So yeah. they don't they don't give the right diagnosis. So yeah. you do just need to listen to your body. If you're ticking those boxes, if you've got the really bad period pain, go to your GP and get a referral to not only a gynecologist, but a gynecologist that specializes in endometriosis. Right. And you need to be diagnosed properly. Right. And as, as a partner or as a family member, what is the best thing or the most support that we can do or understand? Be kinder. What would you say? Because you, you've got a partner or when you've been through partners? You need to be patient and you need to be kind. I had yeah. a partner that did not understand and didn't give me the support I needed. Mm -hmm. And ironically, he met a supermodel that had endometriosis and he goes, oh, now I understand your pain. You know, I've had a good discussion with her and I finally understand endometriosis. Oh, that's good. Thanks, mate. <laughs> so, <laughs> a big shout out to you, mate. patience and just try and understand but at the end of the day just love and support your partner heat up that wee bag give them a cuddle let them know you're there for them and that you understand even yeah. if you don't quite understand because it is hard to see and understand yeah. just that love support and kindness yeah i think for male partners particularly it's very hard yeah. because they don't understand and they yeah. don't they don't know what to do yeah. and men want to fix things yeah. you know they're a couple of nights ago, I wrote about this. A couple of nights ago, um, I, I I wasn't well and I went to have a bath and it was just... It well, was baths just, are just heaven. Yeah, yeah, it was just a bad night. Like, it was not going to go well. And at one stage, I could see Hugo like this. He was like, I don't know, should I bath? He had um, what do we do? And he was just standing there. I was like, I'm doing enough. And he's like, I feel helpless. I feel oh. so helpless. Yeah. And it's that feeling of, and I suppose that women... You know, we're in labour, it's the same thing. Men don't know what to do. Yes. <laughs> and they're looking for something to fix it. Yeah. There is no quick fix. So, it's not so as a guy who has no idea, um, obviously Hugo does because you've gone through it, but what are the signs and symptoms that we know when you're having a kind of episode? Or when you're going through something? You'll, you'll know like, straight away. If I I think that's exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he'll probably tell you the mood changes. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Definitely, I sort of start to retreat a little bit right. as well, I think, and yeah. I start to shut down um, because I'm almost telling myself, no, no, get on with it. Yeah. And then it gets to a stage where you, where you just can't. And, and physically, it starts to become quite obvious. Yeah, and you, 
you can get the flare-ups where you get the endo belly. So you'll start to feel unattractive. You won't feel sexy, even though you should, because the body is an amazing thing. You don't. The last thing you want is to be touched in those right. situations, and it, it's not all the time. But it's important that guys understand that there is a lot of pain and there's a lot of inflammation going on there. And when we say that the flare can literally look, we've seen photos. Mm-hmm. Um, there are photos out there. You can look pregnant. Yeah. You wow. Can, there are days. Um, where I just, I'm like, I, I, I there's nothing I can do about this. And I, you do, you get really insecure and you try and cover yourself. And, mm. you know, I've been on air at times and I'm like trying to find anything to cover me because it's so, I get so self conscious and, and so aware that, well, first of all, I'm not pregnant and yeah. I look unbelievably yeah. bloated. Um, so, it's again, it's something that people mightn't notice, or sometimes you can walk in the door and it's blaringly mm-hmm. obvious. Exactly. Okay, so you touched on it at the beginning. So, when your images came out, what was the initial response? Because obviously, looking at your profiles, you'll see events, you see your presenting gigs, and then see all of a sudden, you see this picture and you go, oh. See all the glamps. Yeah, exactly. You see, all this, exactly. you see the stuff that never actually really happens. Yeah. <laughs> um, I won't lie. Again, I feel because it's so early for me to be talking about it. Yeah, yeah. Sort of thing. I was very hesitant to actually hit send, yeah. go, post. <laughs> um, just as I, I emailed Mel a article today, and I was the same. I can't wait to read it. It'll be amazing. <laughs> I was like, oh, so don't, oh my god, just send it. It's just it's done. It's done. Um, overwhelming response. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, it shot up those comments. So Unbelievable. Um, I had so many people reaching out, people that obviously know, people that didn't know, um, like I said, uh, as well, I had so many men talk to me, colleagues, which is really sweet because the way they approached it was they waited until we were alone, yeah. away from other people. Oh, I just wanted to say, oh, you know, so some people were really, really fantastic, really fantastic. And the most common response was, um, thank you. Yeah. I had no idea, and you made you made me feel normal. Yeah. Um, hearing people such as yourself talk about it, it makes it feel like it's a normal thing. It normalizes it. Yeah. It shows that it doesn't discriminate. Yeah. It can it can get yellow wiggle. It can get yeah. news reporter Julie Snook. It can really get anybody. I know when I posted that photo, um, I had so many messages saying that is incredibly raw and painful. And it gave them a, a glimpse into that pain because what you did is you made our pain visible mm. so they could see it. And that's what's so important about that campaign. When you can see that raw hurt, people connect with it. Yeah. They're very powerful images. Your mm. images are uh, amazing. You're very, you. very talented. You well, should Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I tried. Yeah, yeah. They're very powerful. I think it's just, um, everyone's got a story. Like and you can you can tell the hurting people's eyes. Like I know when that day we were shooting, you was like, "What do you want me to do?" Yeah. Just, just go into your own place. I felt really bad, and I sent a message to your lovely makeup artist, Lucy. 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 Yeah. I actually apologised. No, it's not if I apologised to you, which I'll do now. <laughs> I apologised because yeah. I felt really flat, and I was really flat, and I was really off that day, and I thought, "Oh God, this is such this is not good." That's the whole point, though, isn't yeah. it? Like, but it was just ironically, I turned up, and I even trying. I wasn't even fooling myself. I thought, oh, yeah. they're going to think I'm so rude and I'm so boring, and I, which is not typically yeah. how I'm like. Yeah, yeah. And I 
it was just one of those days. I just felt awful. Yeah. And even when I was wearing, I was wearing a really bad shirt, and I was just trying to hide everything. And then I looked at that image, and I thought, well, you pretty much <laughs> summarised all of it. Yeah. In in one shot, and it's most people have responded and said how powerful it yeah. was. See, it's interesting to see how you thought about that. You were so worried because when you normally take a photo, you you're looking for perfection. You think you have to feel good and yeah. look good, and you know, this campaign is the exact opposite and the way you were feeling is the way that you should have been on camera instead of trying to feel you need to be yeah. because that's not the reality of endometriosis yeah. or mental health. Exactly. But I think your image is just really yeah, and it's the eyes. I mean mm. I love your shot, that tear is just it's it is, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. You look at these it's so raw, yeah, as well. And real. It's just really bringing that pain to life. I think it's just bringing human connection but it's, yeah. it's so distorted these days, isn't it? Through social, social media, media. Yeah. just don't connect. I'll and try and do it. Yeah, yeah that's so true. And, and you, I, look, I will put my hand up here and say, oh, we'll do 20 photos until I find one that I feel is perfect. I'm yeah. not just going to take one. Yeah. If I can get good lighting, I'll get good lighting. If I need to use a filter, I would never airbrush or face tune. Yeah. But if there's a filter that's going to, you know, sharpen up a picture, I'll do <laughs> that. Absolutely. If I can look tanned in a filter. Yeah. <laughs> Except as a photographer, I will say, for the people that use that, there must be an app where it oh, looks so far. Oh, the face tuner when yeah. you bring in your waist and then it's a walled background. I'm like, I mean, you're Yeah, anyway. No, and, and there, there is so many apps out there. Yeah. There's enough for everything. Yeah. And I think that's when it gets too, that's taking it too far. And that's what I try and do with my Instagram account because we do influence people. I will share the bad with the good and I'll make sure, you know, I remember I put a photo of my flare up that went viral and people were like, holy fuck, is that like, is that endometriosis? Yeah. Is that what it looks like? You look pregnant. What's going on? And, you know, I'm a single girl, so to post a photo like that, yeah. it makes guys go, but it makes girls go, that's what I have. Yeah. That's what it looks like. And that's what's important. And I think anybody that's in the spotlight, don't always do the pretty photos. You know, find that balance of keeping it as real as you can. Yeah, because there has been people in the past who wanted to be a part of a campaign, but due to their profession or their job, which is totally their right, like, I'm always happy if they don't want to have said, I'd love to do it, but I just don't know what the industry will think of it. Or I it's don't bad know for my people. people won't employ me because i got mental health problems. Yeah, I understand it. And like I was, I was speaking to the psychologist on, on one of these podcasts, and we was basically saying how even when you apply for a job these days, there's still a question, mm-hmm. have you ever suffered with mental illness? Yep. It's a very generic question. Yeah. Like, but if there is what, someone with the same... anxiety, endometriosis, yeah. like there's so many ranges of mental... That question needs That's to be abolished. Right. Absolutely. Right. And you know what? Why does it need to be on there? It's yeah. well, I know it because we have to take care of employees, but don't use it to discriminate either. If there's it's two resumes that look the same, yeah. that's what I think. You're going to take one that doesn't have mental health. Yeah. Because you don't want this drama. Yeah. You don't want them having a breakdown on your watch. Yeah. yeah. Which is disappointing. It is. It's discrimination. Yes. Yeah. That's what I, I feel that as well. But they spin it as though we want to know so we can take care of you about what conditions you have. Bullshit. You just want to make sure I'm not going to have a breakdown at work. Yeah. <laughs> Which is true. <laughs> <laughs> the way it is, you've got to be honest. Tell us what you really think. <laughs> oh, no. I haven't even had any wine. If you want to do a cup version of this, yeah, we'll do the white one. We'll eat nice white one. I just eat Valentine's Day as well, isn't it? Happy Valentine's Day! That's the closest body contact okay. I'll get yeah. today. Talking about interviews, I want to do Valentine's Day. No. 
So, <laughs> so as a husband or a partner on Valentine's Day, what can they get you? Learn education on endometriosis. Yes, yeah. No, flowers are always good. I mean, I don't have a partner, so I'm expecting nothing. Oh, I think it is just such commercial BS, but yeah. still. Still, I, I you just love flowers still. Yeah, everyone loves flowers. Yeah. yeah. What do you feel helps it? Like, last couple of questions, uh, like you said, a hot bath. Do you find that that calms it a little bit? Or if there's anyone going through it and going, oh, what's an immediate, immediate... Yeah, heat packs, hot baths, yeah. um, yeah. painkillers are always good. There's, oh, this is a little bit controversial. You can put your legs up. Can you lift my legs over? Thank you. <laughs> if you sit like this, this can help. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. No, it can't. But your head's like not hanging low. But Let me try that with you. You're like looking for an eye. It's real. Putting your knees up, it takes the pressure off. Because when you're lying down, you stretch out yeah, your right. reproductive system. If you yeah, put it like this, it can help. I kneel a lot. Someone get me up. Can yeah. you see my yeah. way? Now you're on your own. Can you do a belt? Lisa got bent on a couch. That would be good. I don't mean to sound mean, but if you fell off then home, home from these videos. <laughs> hey, whatever it takes to make endometriosis viral, I'll do it. So, we'll wrap up there. Uh, taking enough of your time. Um, I want to thank you both for coming on and talking about endometriosis. Um, anything you want to say to anyone who's listening to this? Or? Just start the conversation, no matter who you are, whether you are a sufferer or not. Just please talk about endometriosis because we want to normalise it for other people. We want to make sure we get the awareness and we need to find that goddamn cure. And it might not happen in our generation, but there is another generation coming through and another one after that. Let's get a cure for them. And hopefully they won't suffer through what we've had to go through. Yeah, don't shy away from it. Talk about it. Ask questions. Uh, and if you are curious and you don't want to talk about it, Jump on Google, Demetrius yeah. Australia. Yeah. It has a fantastic website that gives you some insight into what it all is and how it all works. And, yeah. um, you know, this is nothing to shy away from. It's affecting one in ten women, if not more, probably more. Yeah. So, you know, just, just be supportive and, and don't, you know, don't think, don't roll your eyes. <laughs> don't, think, don't tell us to have a pill because that's not going to work. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> What is that guy's name? I need to talk. Or come along to one of our high teas. We're actually yes. quite educational, yeah, but they're fun. So World Endometriosis Day is Saturday, March 30. Right. So we're hosting them. Uh, there's eight around Australia. We've got all the details on our website. Or men, do our Mendo barbecue, which is launching in a couple of weeks as well. So yeah. details on this thing again. Yeah, is there a website for that? I'll put all the links with this guy. To find out more about the Imperfectly Perfect campaign and how you can get involved, simply head to our official website at imperfectlyperfectcampaign.org or email us today at info at imperfectlyperfectcampaign.org to speak to one of the team. The Imperfectly Perfect campaign is creating awareness and is not a substitute for professional advice. Should you need help, please refer to your nearest crisis number.